Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Hello, everybody. It's Mother's Day, right? So we're going to talk about dads today. No, just joking. We'll do that next month. But it is Mother's Day, and uh, what I like to do on Mother's Day, and happy Mother's Day to all you moms and all you stepmoms, because you stepped in and you took on the job and all the things there. And Mother's Day conjures up a lot of feelings for a lot of people because there's different ways or different experiences that you're feeling on a day like this. Some are recent, some are long-term. And so today I just like to uplift moms, and I like to take... On Mother's Day and Father's Day, I veer from my normal style of preaching, if I have a style, and I like to take a story from the Bible and uh, just expound the story, give you thoughts on it, lifting up moms, trying to give you insight into moms today, and um, my mom has been gone for 19 years, and probably the greatest memory of my mother that I've probably worn this story out too many times with you over 29 years, and that is that my mother was a type traditional Mexican family that when I was hungry, come in, you hungry, Jim? No matter what time you came in, mom wants to know if you're hungry. Any amens on that? Hey, how many know what I'm talking about, right? And so she would tell me to sit down, and she'd bring the food to me. She didn't want me to get up. How many know those were the good old days? She'd bring me the food, a traditional Mexican family. She'd bring me tortillas and the drink. If I ran out of tortillas, she goes, you want another tortilla? I go, yeah, I'd get up. She goes, no, no, sit down, sit down. I go, this is too good to be true. And then so... And then so she'd bring me the tea. And when I was done, guys, she would say, you stay there. She'd come and pick up my plate, cup, everything, and take it to the kitchen and wash it. Amen. Let's go. I'm just done now. <laughs> and then I marry a contemporary Mexican woman. And so... <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But uh, moms, uh, I want to I edify you today, hopefully, and I want to give all of us insight into mothers, and then I want to ask a couple questions at the end. I'm not going to take a long time, because we're still going to sing another song at the end. Then we'll have one more special thing to bless moms with at the very, 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 very end today, okay? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 2, and let me give you an intro. We're going to look at the mother of Moses. Her name is Joshebed. And she is uh, walking into a, a, a time bomb. Because at this time in, uh, in Egypt, where the Israelites have been in bondage for approximately 360 years, there has now been an edict by Pharaoh, by the king, that says, any Hebrew woman that gives birth to a baby boy, that baby boy to stop the population explosion... We're going to take that boy from you, and we're going to drown that boy in the Nile River. Now, can you imagine the pressure and the pain? Can you imagine what these moms are going to be going through when they have a baby boy? And so, we're going to pick up the story with that thought right there, and I'm going to give you about, and it all starts with P, it's in your notes, you don't have to write it out, they're all there on your discussion and everything, but the first thing I'll read is this, verse 1 and 2 of chapter 2 of Exodus, and it says, Now a man from the house of Levi, uh, this is not the guy who invented Levi, it's a different Levi, okay, but, went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son, this is bad news already, is it not? 
And when she saw that he was beautiful, moms, how many of you know your children are the most beautiful on the planet? Right? right? Even though everybody looks at him and goes, oh, no, I'm just joking. But she, <laughs> look, let's be honest. Most babies, when they're born, not too good looking, okay? It takes a while till they, you know, start looking human and stuff like that. Okay. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm a dad. I'm just being honest, okay? But when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. The first thing I want to point out, the first P is that moms face predicaments, do they not? This woman has now facing, she's now facing a difficult situation. She didn't know if she was having a boy or a girl, but if she has a boy, it's going to be bad. And she gives birth to the boy. And now it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? She's faced with a situation that she uh, has no experience in. And when it comes to mothering, especially your first one, you don't even know what you're doing. Any amens, mom? You're guessing on so many things. You're not sure if you're killing your child or doing the right thing with that child. But you're doing your best. You're faced with this new predicament, and that's what she's faced with right here. Am I doing the right thing? What do I do? It's all new to me. Let me tell you something about your mama. Your mama faced a lot of predicaments with you. A lot of challenges. You were challenging. Any amens, mom? And sometimes they didn't know what to do. Sometimes they had to guess. Sometimes they had to make it up as they went along. Sometimes they got it wrong, like you do. Sometimes it wasn't always the best. But I can tell you one thing. Every time your mama made a decision, there was a tough decision, or a decision had to be made on the fly, they always did it with your best interest in mind. Any amens, mama, on that one right there? That's your mama right there. So don't be too hard on your mama. Save the drama for you. No, don't save it for your mama. But anyway, you know, I, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, um, you know, so you got, you, got to, you got to cut your mom some slack because she was doing everything she could do to, to do the right things in life. That's the first thing. Let me read verse 3. Now, the story intensifies. Verse 3 says, But when she could hide him no longer, she's hiding him because they're going to kill him. She got him a Schwinn bicycle. No, it's a wicker basket. You guys don't even know what Schwinn bicycles are anymore, do you? I can't believe that. But anyway, how old am I? But, um, and covered it with, over with tar and pitch so it'd be buoyant. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Now, here's the next thing about moms, and that's this. Moms are protectors of your life. She says, oh no. She hides him three months, but now she can't hide him anymore because now the baby makes noise. Now maybe he starts to move around more. Now she can't hide him. And so she's going to put him in a wicker basket. Now, see, the point is this. This is not like that movie, A Quiet Place. You ever see that one? You can't build a little box and hide it from the aliens, all right? This is like real life. They're going to kill my child. Now, here's my big question, moms as protectors, or anyone else. Where is she taking the child to hide him? Where is she putting him in? The what? The Nile River. Question, where are they killing the babies? The Nile River. That is crazy, is it not? You're going to take your baby to where they're killing the babies? Now, either she has absolutely gone insane or something else is going on here. And it's something else is going on here. We have to go forward for some interpretation to what's going on in the New Testament in a letter called Hebrews. 
11, verse 23, put on the screen, please. It says this, by faith, say faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, think about that. By faith. She doesn't just take her child to the river because like, well, that just sounds like a good idea. No, that's a terrible idea unless God spoke to her. Unless God dropped the thoughts in her mind and in her heart. Unless she's so in tune with God that she knows God's dropping these thoughts that she knows God is telling her, take your baby, put him in a basket, put him in a little ark, put him down there at the Nile, and don't worry about it. We're going to take care of this kid. This is the way you protect your child. She's walking in faith with God. Any amens with that one right there? Now, she is a protector of life. <clears throat> Here's what I want to say about that. You ever notice your mom? Or maybe you were too young. But you ever notice moms are, they're kind of psycho. Anyone knows that? <laughs> I mean, come on, husbands, let's be honest. Sometimes they scare you. They can be intimidating. But you ever notice when a, a mom's child is something, somebody's going against a child or whatever, you ever notice mom turns into like Bruce Lee with nunchucks? You ever notice that? Or, or the Wolverine, all the swords come out of her knuckle. You ever notice that? Moms like, like crazy and stuff like that. They get nuts, man, over their kids. Let me tell you the truth, truth, truth. I'm a, you guys know I'm a backpacker. I love to go to the high Sierras, love to carry everything on my back and walk in, you know, five miles. I used to walk in like 12 miles in and out, 12 in, 12 out. Not anymore, I'm just too old. Five in's good for me and five out. 15 years ago, they instituted a thing or maybe more called bear canisters. Yep, it's this this hard plastic container you put your food in there your hygiene it seals you can lay it outside your tent the bears cannot get your food and so they get frustrated and they go away before that we used to hang our food counterbalance it there'd be a branch over hanging from a tree way up throw a rope over it with a rock on it come down tie our food in a in a in the in, in a sack, pull it up there, tie the rope to another tree, and keep that counterbalanced away from the tree far enough so if the bear's climbed up, he can't reach it, and the rope's on another tree, so that if he climbs up this tree, he's not scratching and cutting the rope and thus dropping your food to the ground. We had to do that for decades and decades. And I lost my food one time. The bear went up and actually broke the branch off the tree and took my food. Now, now no bears come to camp because of that. And it's not fun anymore. But way back... I'm not kidding. Pretty much every year, we're driving bears away every night. Can you imagine just a thin sheet of nylon tent separating you and a bear, and you're in about 10 miles in the high Sierras, and there are no ways to get out that fast? Can you imagine that? So I'd always tell everybody, I go, listen, you got to listen. When the bears come in, and I learned this the hard way, when the bears come in, you make sure you have rocks right outside your tent. And I'd always taught pots and pans to, to, on, onto my, my uh, empty um, backpack, so if they went after it, you could hear them uh, banging against each other, making noise. But I said, listen, when you hear, or if you hear the pine needles on the ground, crack, 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 starting to snap and crack, pop, crack a pop. Crack. No. You know the bear circling the tent. You know he's coming for your food. And the first time it happened to me, 
I was terrified. I was just terrified. This is way back in 1979. I was terrified. But then you learn something. You learn that if you make a lot of noise, and I tell everybody, if a bear comes in, you make a lot of, whoever starts yelling first, everybody start yelling. You go out, unzip your, the zipper of your tent, and they go, you nuts? No, you unzip it. You go outside, and of course, we all stay in, and they bear eats that person. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I put my tennis shoes on because I only have to outrun one guy. Any amens on that? No, I'm joking. <laughs> but you go outside, and you grab rocks, and you start throwing them at the bear. And I've done this many, many times, and the bear will run away. He won't stay away, but he'll run away. Now, we do that, we did that a lot, but here's the deal. Two times in all those years, I ran into baby cubs. Now, when you see a baby cub, what's the one thing you do? You get out of there as fast as you can. Because now you're not dealing with daddy bear, you're dealing with mama bear and how many know mama bear don't play she just don't play you could throw rocks whatever she goes ha 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 she puts on her little bib with her knife and fork no I'm just joking no she don't play she's gonna go after you so you get out of there as fast as you can cause mama don't play let me tell you that's your mama mama don't play amen when they're going after you as a kid oh mom's a protector you know whatever it is She's going to protect you. And she protects, see, I like to tell it, say it like this, Southern California, you do not remember the nights when the earthquake hit and she got up out of that thing like Wonder Woman, grabbed you, stood underneath the door frame and protected you from the earthquake. Any amens, mom? You'll never remember that until you start doing it for your kids yourself. Now, so mom is a protector. Now, let's read on the story. It gets even better, verse four. His sister stood at a distance. Now, he's in the water, in the wicker basket, tar and pitch on the outside so it doesn't leak, so it floats. Now the sister is sent and stood at a distance to find out what happened to him. We're going to see what's going to happen to my little baby brother. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile. Uh-oh, these are uppity-ups in society. The daughter of Pharaoh, the one who's given the edict, killed the, the baby boys? Can you imagine the sister going, mm-hmm. oh no. This looks really bad. She came down to bathe in the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile and she saw the basket among the reeds. Say among the reeds. I'm going to say something about that in a second. And sent her maid and she brought it to her. Now let me just say this and come back because I still have to read, what, two more verses? Yeah. They place them among the reeds. This is really a cool little prophetic a thought in that moment because if you flash forward to the New Testament and you follow the reeds in the New Testament you will find that it says of Jesus that a battered reed he will not break off let me explain that a reed they would make musical instruments out of it they were easily made and they were easily broken and since they were easily made once it broke they would just throw it away it says that Jesus will not throw away a broken individual Jesus will not cast any of us out because of our brokenness and how we lack in life and how much we sin. He will not cast us away. Now, Moses, the deliverer, is placed among the reeds. It's kind of a foretaste of the deliverer, Jesus Christ, to come who will be placed among the reeds. Any amens on that? Okay, eight of you got it. Okay, let's move on here. 
verse 6. When she opened it, now Pharaoh's daughter opens up the little ark. She saw the child. And behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Does she have a decision? Does she have a decision? Because the edict of Pharaoh is, Sarah says, Pharaoh says, you killed those baby boys. Do I go with the edict of my country or do I go against it? Verse 7. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, the sister injects herself quickly into the situation because she's following the wicker basket. Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? That, little, that older sister is acting quick, is she not? She's singing fast. Now, I want to pull out this from these three, four verses. Third thing about moms is mom's partner and mom's part. Now, I want you to think about this. Mom's partner. God speaks to her and says, put him down in the Nile River. She gets a basket, puts him in the Nile. Does the Nile River flow? Yes, it does. There's movement to it. So when she puts him in the river, the mentality in her mind is, the river's going to take him somewhere, right? But she has partnered with God to do this. Moms are partners, are you not? As a follower of Christ, mom, you partner with God. You do the right things with your kids. In a sense, you're putting your child in the river out there and like the sisters there. And by the way, why is the sister not the mom watching? I think it's obvious. Because it doesn't draw any attention. If mom goes there, they're going to go, why, what are you looking at that basket for? But if little sister's there, it's no big deal. But sister's there to find out one thing. What's going to happen to my brother? Which way is the river going to take him? What's his destiny? Moms, you partner. You partner with God to raise up that child. And isn't it true in your heart, even when they're young, you're curious as to which way their life is going to go and what they'll turn out to be in life? You want to know which way they're going to go. You want to know which way the river's going to take them. You want to know if everything you instilled in them is going to keep. It's going to keep. You want to know. And so she sends his sister, find out which way it's going to go. See, moms, you partner. You partner. And you partner with God with the hopes that as you raise that kid, that partnership will take them the right way. But it doesn't end there because you have to part. What does that mean? Did she have to let him go and put him in the water? Yes. And there comes that moment in time, huh, where you've partnered and you've partnered, but the moment you have to let him go, right? It's the moment you let him go. Look, <clears throat> I, I, I come from a traditional Mexican-Spanish family. And in traditional family, you do not leave that house till you get married. That's just the way it was. And since my mom's always bringing my plate and taking it, why would I? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I went against tradition. I bucked the system. And I moved out before I got married. When I told my, I didn't want to tell my dad. Oh, gosh, I didn't tell my dad. When I told my dad, he, he just couldn't believe it. Why would I want to go? And then I had to tell my mom. 
And that's the worst. Because I already know she's great at guilt tripping. I get it, okay? I'll never make beans for you again. No, I'm just joking. And I told my mom, and I'll never forget, she got so sad. She just couldn't believe, you're, you're what? And then as days went by, then I finally the day, I loaded up all my stuff. I put it in my 1974 Dodge van with carpeting paneling and a cool stereo. Because that's what I had. And a 63 Corvette. And a Honda motorcycle. Yeah, like I wasted money is all I did. Thinking I was cool, but I was just dumb. And I remember I drove away. Bye, Mom. I couldn't even sleep that night. I remember getting up at about 2 in the morning, just watering the front lawn there at this place that we rented, and I was like, thinking about my mom, thinking about this. It's like, so I go the next day. I got to go see how my mom's doing, right? Is she still alive? Did I kill her? So I go in there, and you know, she's like, and I said, Mom, how are how, how you doing? And she said, I'll never forget it. She said, and she said it like this, I didn't sleep at all last night. <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> all right, you know. But, but, but the whole thing is, there, there's a parting. You, you, you part with them. <laughs> when Vanessa got married, uh, and this is like 11 years, 10 years ago, I remember Olivia and I came home. Went into her room. Sat in there. And we looked at each other. I don't know which one said it. But one of us said, well, our baby's gone. It's kind of sad, huh? I had to let him go. Of course, the next morning, Nathan and Dylan, who had been sharing a room, couldn't wait. They just, boom, took that room. <laughs> They're like, all right, ding dong. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know how siblings are, you know, stuff like that. But you have to part. You just have to let them go. This is one of those painful moments for mom. You're partnering, 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 and then you got to let them go. And then you part. Then moves on to the next thing. Look at verse 8 and 9. says this. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, because the daughter, remember the sister says, Do you want me to go get somebody to nurse the, the baby for you? Pharaoh's daughter says to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. Are you kidding me? So the woman took the child and nursed him. It's the mom. She brings mama in to nurse her own son. And she gets paid. Is that great or what? Now, let me tell you what this is right here. This is moms, you love, this is the perks. Mom, you love the perks of parenting. Any amens? Now, do you know what the perk is? I'll give you a hint. My mom's perk was me. <laughs> the perk is your kids, right? Now, I got a taste of this again in this last year and nine months. Watching my daughter Vanessa, now she has two kids, uh, Willa and Scotty Willa who doesn't want to be with me whatsoever right now but I don't I'm really hurt over that and stuff like that I just want to talk right now about it get it off my system no I'm just joking and then uh, Lindsay Nathan's wife and they have Lincoln 
And I watch them. And I watch Vanessa, I watch Lindsay with, with her babies. And it kind of takes you back in time, does it not? Like, yeah, this is the perk. This is the goal. This is what it's all about. You see, moms, when you gave birth, did they stretch you? Yes or no? You didn't have any stretch marks to prove it? Did they continue to stretch you? Worry you at times? Cost you moolah? And more? And you did what that's going to cost me? But you know, moms, question, was all the stretching worth it? Absolutely. Because they are the perk. Kids are the perk. You don't need anything else. It's just the kids. That's my perk right there. And the mom, she gets the perk. She gets to nurse her own kid. In the story. What a great event. She partners with God. God says, I'm going to let you nurse him too. And you're going to get paid. Isn't that great? Now, the last thing I want to share is this. I have to go to Hebrews chapter 11, near the end of the New Testament. Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 27, because the writer is going to give us insight into how Moses' life pans out. And I love when they let you see the beginning of a story and how it pans out with some detail. It says in Hebrews 11, 24 to 27, it says, By faith. Say, by faith. Hmm. Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Boy, she partnered right with God, huh? Considering the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, say by faith. He left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Stop right there. Remember, mom did not fear the edict of the king. Now her son does not fear the wrath of the edict of the king. Isn't that something? For he endured as seeing him who is unseen. And there's the last thing I want to say. The last P is, mom, you received the payoff. All the partnering, all the predicaments, all the stretching, all the parting, all the protecting. And now, the payoff. What's the payoff we see in Moses' life? He refused all that the world and the culture threw at him. He says, no, I'm going to walk with God. And how many know it's an upside-down culture out there right now? And you want your kid to walk according to God. She partnered with God, and now he's walking for God. In verse 25, it says he chose he chose character over sin. That's a good thing, is it not? In verse 26, he chose the right reward, the Messiah to come. In verse 27, it says, Faith, he heard from God like mama heard from God. By faith. So you see, mama sees all the rewards now. All the rewards of partnering with God. Look at my son. Look what he's become. I'll never forget the statement. I probably share it every year, but I'll share it again. Um, it was stated by Dr. Dobson. I first heard it late 80s, early 90s. Um, but he said this. He said, Our children are the messages that we send 
to a future that we will not see. It's very important that we partner with God to raise them right as they walk in a culture that's contrary to God. But they can be some of the deliverers to reach people for God, like Moses. And they can walk in character and not sin. Though the messages we send to a future, we will not see. I've got two questions, and that's it. Then the band will come back up. Earlier I said that moms are put in predicaments. They don't always make the right decision. And maybe your mom made some bad decisions. But I would guess that she probably tried her best. Taking you into consideration. I had to take this in consideration with my father and the way he was. And as I got older, I realized his dad was murdered when he was a little over a year old. He didn't have a dad, any model. And it gave me empathy. you have any empathy? We talked about that last week. You got to cut your parent, your mom some slack. And I don't know, and maybe I'm just talking to one, two, five people at home here. If there's a schism or there needs to be reconciliation between you and mama, why don't you just forgive and let go? Let it go. Because you're not perfect. Look at how many mistakes you made. And you try your best time to reconcile it's time to start piecing things back together that's my first challenge for if maybe a handful of you but the second thing I want to say is just this it's just let me state it let me ask the question can you imagine Moses if he could have come back and his mom was still alive when he comes back to deliver the Israelites I, I don't think she was alive by then because he's about 80 by then. Can you imagine if he came back and he saw his mom? You think, do you just think that maybe he said, hey, mom, 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 sit down, sit down, mom, sit down. Um, mom, you know, I just want to say thank you for taking the risk having me and taking the risk of putting me in that little ark put me in that in the Nile to protect me and raising me right in the the amount of influence you had in my life thanks mom because look at everything that's happened in my life look at what God has done and I think mom you have you're a pretty good piece of that so thanks, Mom. Thank you very much. And so I would just say to all of us sons and daughters, just take a moment. Sit your mom down today. Maybe she lives in another state. FaceTime her. Just tell her thank you. Just say thanks, Mom. And for some of you, I know, I've been around a while now. It's awkward. Intimacy's awkward. But, you know, you could take a step past that and take a step of growth and just say, Mom, thank you. Thank you for all you did. Let's pray. God, <clears throat> thank you for moms. 
Now, I, I mentioned in the message that <clears throat> Moses, he's the deliverer. That's an important thing. Because Moses would one day write that God would raise up a prophet like him. He writes this in Deuteronomy. And that prophet to come would be Jesus Christ, the true deliverer. Moses delivered the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. Jesus would deliver us from the bondage of sin. And we're all sinners. I am a sinner, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, every one of us. We couldn't do enough good deeds to make it to heaven. Because all the good deeds in the world piled up together cannot nullify or erase just even one sin. That took a sacrifice of a life, the life of Jesus. And this is the great love that he gave that he laid down his life for us as friends, humanity. And he went to a cross for you and I. They nailed him there. The New Testament teaches us that he carried our sins on that cross. And the blood that was spewing from his body through all the torture, that blood was from his life, sinless sacrifice, and that's what cleanses away all sin. Washes it away forever. It doesn't matter your past. doesn't matter what you've done. It will wash it away in God's eyes. You'll be as clean as the day you were born. What a great thing. And then you can enter into relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. And then you can know that your eternity is set. That when you die, you know where you're going. You know. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to take this step to become a follower of Christ. So if you've never done this, and you'd like to today, great, great. Or if you backslid, you walked away from Christ, time to come back now. Time to come back now. Today's the day. I'm going to say this prayer. I want you who want to put your faith in Christ for the first time or want to rededicate your life, I want you to repeat this prayer after me and putting your faith in Jesus as God in the flesh, the Messiah, the only one. Everyone's going to repeat it out loud with you. If you're at home watching online, say it. But just put your faith in Jesus. So everybody repeat after me, especially those who want to place their faith in Jesus or rededicate their life. Here we go. Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you would die for me in my place. You would carry all of my sins upon your body. You would allow yourself to be tortured, taking the wrath that was reserved for me and my sins, shedding your blood to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. And I know I'm forgiven. I place my faith in you today. I confess that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me. Now allow me to pray. God, <clears throat> I pray for everybody who said that prayer for the first time or 
rededicated life. I pray you follow Christ. You must know Christians around you. They must have brought you or something. Ask them their direction. What do you do next? If you don't, you can also go online at our church website. It'll give you next steps. If you don't have a Bible, go to the Connect Center outside. They'll give you a Bible. Start reading the New Testament. Stay in there for a couple years. You're a New Testament believer. And find out about your Savior. Get into church and begin to worship God regularly. Because the worship of God is a strengthening tool of your life. Hear the Word of God taught to you. Because you and I need the Word of God like we need food and air. And watch how God begins to change your life. A little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. But just know that all of heaven rejoiced in that moment you said that prayer. Yep. All of heaven. Big party up there rejoicing over you. Because you repented and you turned to Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said, Amen and Amen. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.